Welcome with this Womanity podcast. I am Gert-Jan van Gils, an Agile coach within Womanity. In this podcast series, we would like to give you the insights, tips and tricks of our Agile coaches. They face the challenges and opportunities this crisis brings every day in real life. So, today we're talking with Ingrid Druin. She's an Agile coach of Womanity in the Netherlands. Welcome, Ingrid. Uh, hello, thank you. Welcome. I'm glad to have you in this podcast. And you wanted to discuss today a bit about the Agile Coaching Competence Framework by Lisa Atkins. You're a bit fan of the framework, I think. Uh, yes, that's a good word, being a fan. <laughs> um, yes, in the last couple of years in working as an Agile Coach, I discovered that um, um, a frame of your own profile so that you know uh, in what you want to develop is very uh, welcome. And uh, we embraced Lisa Atkins in this search and um i don't know if people know this template it um in in headlines it says something about your agile knowledge it says something about your competence in coaching in facilitating in teaching and mentoring and it uh, tells you something about your experience either technical teams or business teams or organizational experience um and um I've noticed in these last couple of w- couple of weeks in the changing world that we're in that um, I'm leaning towards one side and everybody is asking a lot of my input on coaching and facility competence. Okay, so, so that's on the yeah. right side of the model. Yep. So, uh, and the whole week, well, we just started at this time, I think it's about three weeks ago that we started with all the remote working. Mm-hmm. And what did you see? What was the the, the the help question that got to you? Ah, that's a good question because in the beginning, there's a difference between now and the beginning. I think the first couple of two weeks, everybody was very busy in how to do all this online working. So the technical aspects, but also the rules and the facilitating part. So a lot of people... Um, leaned on me in helping facilitating these meetings because, you you know, like all the others also mentioned in their podcast, uh, you need to be a good facilitator nowadays. And um, But now, two weeks later, we have things installed. We're getting used to the rules. We know how to do it, to put it that way, or at least we know better how to do it. So now people are more into, okay, and how am I feeling? The behavioral side of things is getting... Uh, more in view. We are long at home. Um, situations are getting more difficult. The mental part of things, coping with the mental part of things is is getting more in view now. And so the demand on help on coaching people's behavior is uh, growing in okay. my uh, assignment. Yeah, it's nice that you said it's also in my assignment. I was in a retrospective where I asked uh, to the Scrum Master uh, in a chat one-on-one, do you also ask how do people feel? And he said, no, that's nothing to use to for this team. And at the end of the session, I did ask, and they had a lot to tell. At this moment, mm-hmm. people need those kind of moments to share things with each other. Because yeah. uh, work, remote work, is one of the things they have. It's the main social event they have at this time. Yeah. So that's a big change, I think. Yeah, so, I think one one of the other colleagues also mentioned connection, right? I think it was Maarten. So, yeah, so how do you feel? How are you is a three-layered question these days. How are you? Is Are you coping with your work? Are you really still delivering? How are you? Are you 
sick uh, physically oh, how yeah. are you physically and how are you mentally so this three layer question um demands time to be answered so in meetings you need to put in more time uh, to talk about it how people are feeling on these three dimensions on these three levels so yeah very important to uh, create the opportunity okay so so you you said first two weeks was facilitating now it's more leaning towards coaching the professional coaching question and if you're acting as a coach in this way what kind of tools or what kind of things that you do at this time to to provide coaching in this way um people are uh, used to a bigger facilitation role on my part so that's something that comes in handy to put it that way so i can help um steer uh, dialogues towards these questions so i do that a lot i have to admit okay <laughs> um, so if they don't ask me i'll i'll just say shall i facilitate oh, nice. um, so i'll make sure that these things come floating uh, to the surface right so when a meeting starts i just start with everybody going in around around you know with the question okay how are you and if uh, in these three levels answer how are you and then point out who's next to answer the same question so yeah it's a kind of um uh, facilitating advantage that i take in a lot of meetings doesn't matter what meeting daily or refinement or whatever they're meeting again so i open up by helping them to express to each other how are they doing okay and um, and then if you're more towards the coaching is that also in team context or more one-on-one um, I have to admit that I did get a few requests more also on the one-on-one coaching part. Okay. Um, but I don't want to make that a regular thing. So I want to try to do as much in the team still like usual. Um, because I think it's important that it's a team dynamic that you're working on. And of course, you listen to people one-on-one. Um, but it's it should not be a, you know, common thing. People are not... They're supposed to talk with each other, not just with me. Yeah, I agree. That, that, that That's a good thing. And what kind of techniques do you use to provide provide that? I'm spending less time on the agile meaning of things and the methods. I'm now spending more time on the behavioral part. And um, so I'm planning your Hari window sessions. Okay. So how well do you know? Uh, how, how do you think other people see you and how do you want to be seen right so this is very important especially in this new context uh feedback practice are we actually expressing our thoughts are we you know willing to say something to our other colleague uh, extra dimension online and um how are we dealing with this how are we doing this um we still have responsibilities so christopher avery the responsibility model growing to self organizing means that you still as a group have to be honest about, hey, are you admitting whether you will make it till the end of the sprint, yes or not? Where's your responsibility? Are you willing to, you know, say it out loud and not quit? Yeah. Stuff like that is just, it just goes on and on. It's very important that we keep on doing this the way we used to do it in in the life world, the offline world. How do you call it? Yeah, so it's the same as you did with other teams just a year or two years ago that were in the same phase as your current teams are in now. Yeah, uh, um, I, I think it's a really good thing to not forget that. So some things have new aspects. You have to get some time on it. But yep. uh, also just keep 
uh, improving the teams you're coaching right now and look at the normal aspects of it. So um, I think we're almost uh, at the end of your tip. So do you have one burning thing that you want to share with our listeners? Well, um, I would like to invite people to uh, look at the four levels of listening of Otto Scharmer. That's my last tip. I've okay. noticed that they are very handy in my coaching anyway. It is, um, you can find him on YouTube, Otto Scharmer, and he um, shows you that we have four levels of listening. And in very short, if you, the first level is autobiographic listening. So, oh, um, I had that too. So that, you know, when somebody tells something to you, you recognize it and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's very human. But the question is whether you share that thought or not, because it's not always valuable to share. Oh, yeah, I had that experience, too. A lot of meetings tend to be filled with autobiographic responses and they don't really add value. They just, you know, respond to it as a human say, hey, I experienced that, too. And they tell their story and you only lose time listening to all these stories. So autobiographical listening is very valuable uh, for you yourself. But the next step is, is it valuable enough to share my experience to the group or, uh, in this meeting or not? That's the important question that comes to it. So that's the first level. Well, yeah. second, third, I, can, I, can, I won't go into it, but there are very interesting levels of listening that he makes you aware of so that you can contribute in the right way when you're in meetings, online or offline, doesn't matter. But may, maybe now in this online uh, environment, it might be even more important to be aware of your own level of listening and what your value is of responding to a person or a group. I think that's really good. We'll put a link to that in the show notes so yep. people can uh, click through yep. to the YouTube video. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you very much for this conversation, Ingrid. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Gert-Jan. This podcast is powered by Remember, the best place to grow.